Hi, I'm Tom Merritt, author of CNET's The Real Deal, and welcome to Buzz Out Loud, our podcast of indeterminate length. Molly Wood, uh, in attempting to uninstall a rootkit from her computer, <laughs> uninstalled her voice. She is, <laughs> she is uh, active, awake, but unable to speak. Which could lead to all kinds of funny jokes at her expense, but we'll we'll pass on to them. So uh, hey, it's just me and you, Veronica. Hey, and I'm Veronica, author of uh, well, nothing. But um, you're author of the podcast. You're okay. the producer. You control everything. You, we can make us not say things. You can. I was very you, tempted to do that. You have all the power. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I forgot about that. All right, so we got. Uh, we're actually going to start off with the Sony DRM. We got a lot of follow up on that. Uh, We'll talk a little bit about Xbox 360 and iPod working together. We've got some other Microsoft news, and we'll follow up on the campaign finance stories. Uh, but let's start with some of the follow-up emails that we got on the Sony DRM. Now, there's no new developments today that I've heard of. No. Uh, but there's a, we had a lot, again, a lot of really good email and calls. A lot of good calls. About this stuff. Ari sent a post that he found on WowSharp, which is a World of Warcraft uh, <laughs> forum, about, hey... There's this great rootkit you can get for free, oh. and you can install it, and you can uh, you can get around some of the World of Warcraft restrictions. And they can't Blizzard can't ban you because it's um it's a Sony product. It's right. not you know it's not an illegal product. Yeah, does that does that really work that way? Yeah, the rootkit hides the files that Warcraft uses to make sure you're not using any kind of um, third party software, I guess, to affect the game. And so the um, the Sony. Rootkit hides those files, so I guess Warcraft can't tell when you're using them. So, and can and is it true that they would not be able to ban you because it's a, you know it's just a Sony yeah product? I guess because people could be having that rootkit on their computer unknowingly, and so right. Blizzard wouldn't want to ban them. Ban well, people. it would just start a war. I don't even know where that could go. Well, isn't that the whole point? Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what clan are you in again? I or do you want to not reveal? No, that? I, I actually that would be fun. Okay. I'm on Uther. Okay. Yes. All right. So look uh, look for her, for Veronica, if you could figure out who she is out there. <laughs> I don't know if I'm quite ready to give my name yeah, away no, yet. <laughs> no, don't, do, don't do that. But, um, but I'm a level 21 Torrin Shaman. Ah, there you go. Now they'll find you. All right. We got some other good emails. Sam uh, pointed out how many non-tech savvy people will get the fix from Sony. Probably not a lot. Actually, a few people pointed this out. Well, I don't know. How much in the mainstream news is this in? It's not. Then people who aren't reading the tech news anyway and aren't going to hear about it. It's unclear to me how many CDs this actually affects right. as well. So, I mean, the amount of people affected is limited to the people who buy the CDs that came out that have this on it. So that's a slice. Uh, so, yeah, this hasn't hit the uh, the big time as far as you know NBC Nightly News or any, ABC News or anything like that. But, right. Uh, yeah, I think most people are just aren't even going to realize this is there. So if people don't know about it, they're not going to try to fix it. And, and Sony's position is that this is not a security risk. Well, that's probably what they wanted from the start, was yeah. for people to not really even notice it, and then just go on their merry way. But people did, and now they're in a they're in a ditch. We got a really long, thoughtful email from Benjamin Stein. Do you think it's Ben Stein from Winston? No, that it's probably not. That would be rad. Uh, he just wanted to weigh in with his two cents, and then it turned into about a dollar by the end. <laughs> but it's good stuff. Uh, basically talking about MP3 being proprietary, which is something that you, people forget. MP3 is actually owned. It's patented technology. Uh, Thompson and Fraunhofer are the patent holders. Ew. So this comes into play not when you're playing it personally, but like when you're using a program that can encode or decode MP3s, that program has to license the technology. Right, they need to get explicit you know, permission to use it, right? So, I mean, 
you know, MP3s aren't necessarily free in that sense, which is an interesting point. He also talked a lot about uh, the issues with getting around DRM by using analog uh, circumvention, the way Paul, mm -hmm. his name is Paul from yesterday's podcast <laughs> mentioned is oh, that, he's yeah, mad. He's you, real mad. you can circumvent the DRM that way, but it degrades the quality. So it's a trade-off. And that's, I mean, he go, he actually goes into at length about how it degrades the quality in the various ways. But so it, you know, you can get around it that way, but it's not going to sound as good. Well, you can also use sound card, like recording programs probably to play it and play it through uh, different programs and capture it that way separately right yeah but it's still an like analog flower it's still an analog signal so it's going to degrade somewhat maybe not enough for you to notice i don't mean like analog though i mean playing it all right i have a program called soundflower on my mac right and you it captures from different sources so say i'm playing an mp3 in itunes you can run it through soundflower and then record it separately i wonder if that would take away the drm or if that would even work i should try that yeah, it would be interesting, like, if it's not actually going, if you're capturing it before it goes out of the sound card. Right. It would still be... I don't be... know what you're actually capturing there. Are you capturing the bits, or are you capturing the analog signal? Uh, let me look at it. All I'll, right, yeah. I'll bring that up on Monday if that's I can an, make that, it work. That's a good one. Uh, a lot of people mentioned that Steve Gibson, uh, he's a security expert, had a really good explanation of all of the intricacies of the DRM. He was on Leo Laporte's TwitCast. So several people mentioned, I don't know if you'll want to mention this, but... <laughs> But no, I I, I no know Leo. Blood. I used to work with Leo, and, and it's a good cast. So that's that's something to be out there just to educate yourself in many different ways. Also, a lot of people are like, "Where can I send the email?" And uh, so you know, got the email. we don't. We, <laughs> let's just say this: we don't advocate flooding or spamming or whatnot. If you want to write a thoughtful response that says, "This is what I think," uh, this is the email address, and you can get this email address off their website if you just go to Sony Music Online. Dot com it's or sonymusic.com it's there it's sonymusiconline at sonymusic.com but don't just don't just flame them because that's not going to do any good they're just it's just going to further uh confirm their suspicions that the people against this are a bunch of lawbreakers so write something well thought out yeah back up your argument and then let us know what you said because i'm kind of interested all right let's get to a couple calls here let's take uh shocker spaz from baltimore first he has a question Hi guys, uh, this is Shocker Spaz from uh, Baltimore. Um, I was curious about the Sony DRM, if it was uh, susceptible to the, the whole shift bypass, if you put in a CD in the CD-ROM and hold down the shift key, if it wouldn't install the rootkit. Um, I, I'm a Mac user, so um, I wouldn't actually be able to test this, but uh, it, I would be interested to find out if that would bypass the whole rootkit scare. Uh, love the show. Thanks. I don't know, although I do know uh, several people have reported that if you don't have auto run on in Windows, in other words, if, mm -hmm. if it doesn't automatically play when you put the CD in, that the rootkit does not install and you can go ahead and rip the CD and get around the copy protection that way. Uh, but I, yeah, I wonder about the shift key. I'm very interested in that too. I, I kind of I would like to ask someone running Windows to give that a shot. Yeah. But then they kind of risk putting the rootkit on their computer. Well, if you've got a sandbox or something you want to play around and let us know. Give us an email, buzz at cnet.com. Uh, also, we have Jeff with a uh, a bit of a conundrum. Hey, Tom, Molly, Jeff here. Just uh, wanted to tell you that I'm delighted to know that I'm not the only one that messes names up. Um. As caller Ron had said earlier in the show on November 3rd, um, about circumventing or just circumventing the, the uh, rootkit problems in the Sony CDs about playing it directly into this computer, great idea. 
I have another one for you, and I don't know the legality of it, but bear with me. You buy the CD, you put it on your shelf, and you go to a certain, well, Russian website that happens to sell MP3s or any other form you want to buy, and you download the same CD. And then you take that CD and you put it in your MP3 and you go down the road being happy. Now, here's the question. Buying the CD, does that give you a license to have that, have that music? Or because you're not circumventing that copy protection on the CD, but you have the license to have that music. So you haven't really broken the copy protection law. Now, you may have broken some, you know, State Department law or some Russian law or some, I mean, who knows, maybe even Mike Levitt with the Energy Department might get all upset about your fact that you're uh, downloading from a Russian website, but that's probably another story. Uh, just know, want to know your thoughts on that. Uh, and uh, by guys, I guess really, you know, if you've had some... Uh, you know, downloads from some past life that were not uh, obtained, uh, say, legally, and you go out and buy the CD, but you still have them on your, your MP3 player, does that make it, uh, is that, is that wrong? Is that wrong? Anyways, take care. Hmm. All right, Jeff, first of all, keep it short. We get, you know, just a little shorter, but, uh, I think you're still violating the law somehow. This would be a good question for, like, an Alex Wellen or one of our lawyer uh, experts, but I, I believe that because you're getting it from different sources, you're still right. breaking the law going and getting it from that Russian source, unless that Russian source is legal, but I'm I mean, assuming that it might be illegal on its own. It might be a little better Just for the, your conscience. But. You know, unless you unless you can't tell, I, I don't know. It certainly is the right thing to do is to buy the CD. So we'll give Jeff points for that. Not sure whether you are actually breaking the law or not. All right, you had some news about Apple uh, being in talks with CBS. Yeah, I just read an article today that um, they're possibly in talks to put some more shows on the um, iTunes Music Store for download for the video iPod. So that's kind of exciting. I don't really watch, I don't know if I watch CBS I was just trying to think. What shows are on CBS? Outside of David Letterman, nothing's popping right to my mind. Mm, I got nothing. Not prime time. Okay, well, I'll look more into that too, I guess. (laughs) Maybe that's part of the talks. But I have been. uh, Do you have any shows? I'm like, I don't know. I now we're gonna rapidly. get a, now, you know we're gonna get a bunch of emails from people who are like my favorite show is on CBS. But, yeah, well, yeah. I have nothing against CBS, but I've been downloading Lost like crazy. Have you really? Yeah, been paying the two bucks for it. Yeah, almost and every night I've been downloading a first you, season episode. Where do you watch it? You watch it on your. I watch computer? it on my TV. Yeah, on you the have TV, your computer actually. hooked up to the TV. No, I take the iPod and hook oh, you it up put to it the on, TV okay. with the cables. You have the video iPod already? Well, yes. of course you do. What am I talking about? <laughs> but the um the quality's meh, but. It's still kind of fun. Well, how big is your cool. TV? It's a, I think it's a um, 15 inch. It's small. Okay, it's very so small. He, so it, the quality probably doesn't degrade that much. No. I mean, when we're talking going to 40 or 50, I think is where people really like, this it's is going to be good. It's more when the screen is dark, mm-hmm. like if there's a nighttime shot, which there are a lot of in Lost, um, you can notice it a lot more clearly. Okay. The black levels aren't yeah. so great. Okay. Good to know. Mm-hmm. Good to know. Uh, a couple quick things. Forbes, an uh, author in Forbes has responded to the article um, in the Washington Times yesterday about Google Print. There was an article in, in Washington Times saying that Google Print was, uh, was illegal, bad, and anyone who felt, felt otherwise was intellectually hmm. dishonest. So Forbes has responded with uh, Nick Schultz's column saying, don't fear Google. This is, this is all good. It's going to help us uh, sell books. And the best part is... He goes and uses Amazon's look inside technology, which is similar to what Google Print wants to do. And he finds a quote from Congresswoman Pat Schrader's book 
about intellectual property and quotes it in his column and says, this is the kind of thing that Google Print is good for. Right. It's not going to undermine your sales. It's going to let me find a quote, use it, show you in your own light, which the quote is protecting intellectual property is my main focus at AAP, which is the Association of American Publishers. So fine quote, rel- relevant. And now people know about her book. Maybe they'll want to go read it. That's hmm. a good point. Very good. Well, do you have time to talk about the um, the Xbox 360? Oh yeah, you know I was uh, I was going to get into uh, Microsoft Reform Watch, as we've speculated. Microsoft may be sort of like uh, in some sort of reform program where they have to do good deeds because they've <gasps> called for a national privacy law. <laughs> they've they've asked for a national privacy law, which is is a good thing. Uh, they're working on a new OS called Singularity, which uh-huh. emphasizes reliability. <laughs> over performance. And then, yeah, now we've got the Xbox 360 uh, interoperating with the iPod. Making nice with Apple, uh, but not even really getting permission to. Yeah, just doing it on D- their own. Just because they can. Because yeah. they, you know, want to make things more fun for people or something. And stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, what's, what's the deal with this? So, they made the Xbox 360. You can plug in your iPod uh, via USB and play iPod tracks on... I mean, not iPod tracks. Your own music tracks that you have stored on your library during, while you're play- well, during gameplay. But the the downside is that you cannot use songs that you downloaded on the iTunes Music Store. Oh, only so songs that you ripped from CDs. So or it can't play downloaded. AACs. No, this is similar to our tunes, which is a legally nebulous program. It's a little JavaScript right. thing that allows you to take the files over the iTunes Music Network, but you can't take them if they're AACs. Right. So they just did that because they tried. They actually tried to get permission from Apple to uh-huh. do that, and they were like, no. Apple said no, flat out. Oh, this is hilarious. So they're not playing nice with Microsoft. So, you know, I think it's a good step forward, but I got to say, man, Apple, what's going on? But Microsoft, I'm so confused. Apple, I don't even you know, know what but to do that's with normal for anymore. Apple to be like, you know what? No, this is our this is our game, and we want to play it by our rules. Microsoft is usually the one doing that as well. Yeah, it's interesting that they're, you know, is this just a PR move or? I think it's a really good step forward for the Xbox 360 to be able to do that. I mean, that's a really fun add-on. Yeah. But I mean, well, this goes back. We talked about this story a couple weeks back. I remember of, of them saying like, "We're open. We want to interoperate with everything." And and at that time, they had said, "If Apple comes to us and wants to do something, we're going to do it." Well, now it looks like they didn't even wait. Just did it they anyway. Just did it. Which is cool. That's fantastic. All right, a couple more bits. Uh, a patent was put forward for a plot line. A storyline. The process of relaying a story and having a unique plot has been patented. This oh. is just another example of, of patent law going over the line. Hmm. So if you want to see the details of this, go to Boing Boing. Boingboing.net, they, uh, they have a posting about it, which, which goes into quite a bit of detail. But yeah, I can now patent the process of relaying a story having a unique plot. This is just basically going to end culture. Mm-hmm. We're done for. I can't tell you any stories anymore. Oh, can we talk about the gross sandwich? <laughs> That's uh, yeah, I guess so. Go ahead. <laughs> it's not really tech, but it's pretty funny. <laughs> so we saw this link on Boing Boing yesterday. <laughs> this is right after we ate and lunch. Tom, too. Right after we ate lunch, and Tom sent it to me and Molly, and it's a a sandwich that um costs forty seven dollars to create. A forty-seven dollar sandwich. Just the fact that it costs forty-seven dollars is out of control. That's a big sandwich. It's like one of those burgers in one of the fancy New York restaurants that costs like fifty bucks. Yeah. Made with the Kobe like beef hamburger or whatever. But this is just a sandwich made out of like 
disgusting, <laughs> greasy stuff. And how many calories did it have? I like, can't remember. I Hundreds. think it was, it was no, oh, was thousands. It, in the thousands? it was yeah, like twenty two thousand calories. I have to try to find it again. Yeah, like fried mushrooms, onion rings. Oh yeah, a lot of fried food on it. Yeah, I couldn't. Oh my god. The only thing that didn't have any calories on that sandwich was salt and pepper. I remember that. And to that. think, before the World Wide Web, this man would have been making his 47-pound sandwich in obscurity. Yeah, now, no one would have known. the whole world can know the recipe, even, <laughs> and make one themselves. <laughs> that just really made me happy. And that, then he ate it. <laughs> yeah, then he ate it. Yeah, that was actually the most impressive part. And his heart exploded. Uh, also, if you're looking for a little extra cash out there, Amazon has started something called the Mechanical Turk. Check it out. It's uh, also, it's, uh, we saw the posting on Slashdot where it's an artificial intelligence thing that needs people to do the tasks that AI are not capable of. Like loving? Like for the, and the example given in the posting was, is there a pizza in this picture? Maybe AI can't tell, but people can. So you get a little bit of dough. It just ties into the whole Amazon affiliate program. I tried to, tried to do it, but I, I kept getting a uh, page not found. So uh-huh. I think they're getting Slashdotted right now, but... Very interesting way to pick up a little, you know, cash for the weekend. Yeah. Do a few AI tasks. Oh, did you hear that? Um, You know that website, bugmenot.com? Yes. It's down? No, it's still down? Actually, yeah. I meant to check that. I We were going to talk about that. We never got to it the other day. Oh, it's back up. Oh, good. I just went there. It was. I don't know what happened to it. Never mind. I want to know what the story comments. behind that. But for two days, yeah, it was down. Maybe it was just something completely technical well, having to do nothing with... We should explain what it is for people that don't know. Oh, yeah. So bugmenot.com enables you to read subscription websites, right? Like yeah, the it New gives York you Times logins or, for things like the New York Times. Right, so you can go click through to, to um Without having articles. to create your own. Right. So that's really great for people who are trying to do some quick research or just want to read something but don't want to subscribe, etc. And then it just disappeared and everyone was freaking out. Yeah, two days ago you would get a GoDaddy, which is a registrar. Mm-hmm saying that this page was under construction or whatnot. Maybe it was just a technical thing. I think it must have been. Or... Bug Me Not may have let their uh, domain name expire accidentally. I had to buy it back. Yeah, but I'd be, I'd be interested to know. So if anyone knows anything, any details about that, I we'd all be interested to know that, I think. Yeah, definitely. Getting back to the Google print debate real quickly, I want to I wanna take a uh, take a little punishment here and take a call from, from Ron. Oh, wait. No, his name's Paul. No, I'm sorry, Paul. I really, I got his name wrong in yesterday's podcast if you didn't hear it. So, yeah, here's, here's a call from Paul, and he's going to chastise me. Hey, Tom Molly, this is Paul again. That's P-A-U-L. Uh, first of all, Tom, I want to tell you that you got an F on the uh, recognizing names test. But, uh, the and Molly, I heard uh, that you're a Packer fan, and I live in Minnesota, so uh, that's basically enough to get a lynch mob after you if you were to live here. But what I really wanted to say was um, that Google Print and services like that where it will actually give you the text of books. I'm a high school student, and I'm on the debate team, and that's really nice for people in debate because then we don't have to type in stuff from books, and we can just copy it right off the Internet. So uh, thanks for bringing us the great podcast. Bye. But he has a good point, mm. you know, uh, that, that the Amazon pay-per-page uh, book service is coming out so he could take advantage of that too and actually you can actually buy a page of a book if that's all you need if you can't find it anywhere else Google Th- that seems kind of handy service is going to allow him to find quotes that he needs that you know basically it's the same thing you do in a library yeah but you can just do it faster I just wish they would let this work uh, you know well they will 
eventually they'll they'll work it out i think they just want to get some money out of google that's that's my that's my feeling that that that's really what they want they just want to be involved they just want to feel needed <laughs> all right uh couple last things email from rory uh following up on the blogging law with a uh an extremely thoughtful uh discussion of the campaign finance this is what we talked about where they have defeated the online the freedom of online speech act which would have protected bloggers in political speech uh so he is on molly's side at this basically saying that yeah the idea is great but a lot of people try to get around it and this will, you know, this law would have let a lot of nefarious people try to get around it as well. Hmm. And uh, then Trip had an interesting tax question on the campaign finance law. Hi guys, this is uh, Trip here, and I was just talking about the uh, blogging becoming a campaign finance uh, sort of aspect in uh, the law. And I think that's pretty amazing that uh, you know you might actually incur some tax ramifications for a website uh, because. I know from experience that you explicitly cannot uh, consider a, a website or a blog or anything of that sort uh, to a 503C uh, organization, otherwise known as a tax-exempt organization. So it would be interesting if, uh, if that, that actually played out to see how the IRS would treat it uh, tax-wise because, uh, I don't know, no big surprise, but they probably would their cake and uh, want to eat it too. So you all have a good day. I yeah I I kind of I think Trip's right that they probably want their cake and eat it too. Mm. You know, there there's there's tricky things like you can set you can be a tax exempt organization and then set up a website. I think what he's talking about is you can't just be a website. You have to be something else too. Possibly I don't know enough tax law to this be sure. This is beyond but, my uh, scope of yeah. comprehension. All right, and finally, uh, Annie from San Leandro says yes. I like the idea of forums. All right then. So. Let's get the forums. I will work we on that. We gotta get the forums going. We just need to get Lee Koo to to set one up for us. Right. I'd really we'll... like to integrate us with a little more with Lee's community. Yeah. Because absolutely. I think we've got an awesome community, and I want to, you know, have everyone be able. People, you know, people may be uncomfortable calling for whatever reason, but I think forums are a little more. People open up. Yeah, it a gives lot. you another outlet. We already have email buzz at cnet.com. We have voicemail one eight hundred six one six C N E T. And yeah, if we had forums, there'd be there'd just be one more avenue. Yeah, and I was also thinking of a newsletter, and that way we could send people out show notes and links and that kind of thing. Oh, that would be fabulous. So if anyone would be interested in that, I would love to get some feedback. Um, so then you can get a lovely email from us every day. All right. So um, yeah, let us know. Uh, call us at Buzz. What is it? Phone number one eight hundred one eight hundred six one six. C-N-E-T. C-N-E-T. And buzz at cnet.com. Right. All right. Molly will be back on Monday, we promise. Hooray. See you later. Bye.